healthy place. So we're not in the middle of the current uh, movement efforts. Um, as I was kind of linking in via Zoom uh, conversations about yet another conference and our autonomy grouping looking here and there for members, uh, we're going to be constantly attentive. Uh, I'll go back to what seems what, like a year ago now, just to a few weeks to media days in Nashville. And I talked about our focuses on our growth to 16. When you look at the 16 universities that will soon all be affiliated officially with the Southeastern Conference, when we add Oklahoma and Texas, I think that's the envy uh, of of everyone in college football from a strength, from a success, from a support standpoint. There's SEC Commish Greg Sankey kind of really giving off the vibe that, yeah, we're good for the time being. Got OU in Texas coming in in 2024. Just like overall the direction our uh, conference is headed, eh, we don't may not need Florida State or Clemson anytime soon. We're, we're kind of good as is. That's at least what Greg Sankey is saying publicly. Who knows what's happening behind the scenes, Travis, but I'm kind of inclined to believe that the SEC is like they're, they're, they're good with where they're at right now and they don't feel the need to expand. Yeah, and I think the next round of kind of the next step of this conference realignment, honestly, is going to be Northwestern and Rutgers getting bought out of the Big Ten. I, I, I don't think you can continue to just add, 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 because the bottom line works works both ways, right? Like, you can try and add teams. Eventually, TV is going to say, that's enough. Like, we don't have any more money to give you. Like, we're, we're not – if you add three more teams, we're not going to add three more full shares at the same size. Obviously, you know, a lot of teams wouldn't get full shares. I get that. But, I mean, eventually they're going to look at their bottom line and go, man, really, these teams that don't provide any extra big inventory, they're never in prime time, Are you blah, putting blah, blah. Vandy on notice right now? Is that what hey, you're doing? I'm just saying. Vandy and Missouri might need oh, to – Dude, uh, if, if Missouri got kicked out of the league, oh, I don't – I don't know if Vandy and Missouri would be the funniest two outcomes. Maybe be Missouri and A&M would be the funniest outcomes, but that is a conversation I would love to have, who you would want to see get kicked out of the SEC the most in five years. Well, I mean, it, it, but, but seriously, though, it makes the most amount of sense like to eventually start clipping teams, right? Because That's going to happen at some point. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the, it's the most natural. There will be a massive buyout to do so for those schools, I'm sure, but I, I, I think in, within our lifetime that's, that's going to happen. Right. I mean, it would be the buyout, but, but man, like, again, Rutgers, Indiana is probably third to go in the Big Ten, but Rutgers and Northwestern feel like, hey, especially Northwestern who prides themselves, and Vanderbilt does the same thing. They're in, they are a education first. They put the student in student athlete. They don't want to be known, you know, at least they are known as this, as kind of really good educations that just happen to have a football team. So just pay them off and let them be that. Practice number six in Norman today, first day of full pads. Is there anything that's really surprised you up to this point? Because through six practices, it's almost confirmation of you know things that we already thought about this team safety looks like so far it's the best position that they have the defense is just overall it's just a bigger defense more 300 pound bodies on the defensive line bigger players at safety as well 
I, I don't think anything overly surprising has, ha- has happened up to this point. It's just like the conversations we've been having for four and five months. Now that you're seeing them in practice, it's, yeah, that was probably right all along. Yeah, it's it's so tough, right, because you've got so many people moving in and out of different sets, like, you know, linemen not maybe not working all together, running backs all taking different, like, different groupings of wide receivers. I think kind of like the NFL preseason, Tyler, I think we will learn more as camp goes on and we see them kind of get dialed in. Because first camp, Tyler, what are you really learning, right? Like, okay, you want some guys to step up, how they look after summer workouts. Maybe after they had massive physical transformations, maybe some of the guys lost their speed. Maybe some of the guys, you know, gained enough and they're not really, you know, sure how to handle their own bodies anymore with after transformations. There's a lot of kind of feeling out in the first, like, I don't know, five or six practices probably. And then you start to dial it in closer, kind of like that fourth preseason game in the NFL. So, I mean, I haven't necessarily learned much new. I'd like to figure out what this smother situation is. Uh, yeah, the uh, rumor is is that he's going to go back and play for NC State. That's the, the Twitter rumor as of a couple of hours ago. Yeah, and and I, I do believe that he isn't in Norman. That, that, that's at least what I'm believing. So... I mean, is it too late to call Caden Durham and say, hey, don't commit to LSU no, tomorrow? No, don't commit. Don't We've do got it. another spot. We actually uh, we, we got rid of Smothers to, you know what I mean? Like, But, I mean, if there's As a position, As of right now, Tyler, he's, he's still on the roster for, for right. what that's worth. I mean, that doesn't necessarily right. have to, you know, be the tell-all, but that's that's the situation now. But there, there are heavy rumors that he's not in Norman right now. Right. Right. Luckily, that guy, he posts to social media often, so all you got to do is probably check his Instagram, and he's he's checked in somewhere. That's one thing, the difference between uh, David Stone and Williams Winery's, uh, you know, recruitments. We were always wondering, is Winery visiting Missouri? I don't know. We've got, you know, different intel saying this, that, and the other. One thing that's nice about David Stone's recruitment, you never have to worry about where he is. Nah, sometimes it feels like he's in three places all at once, you know? They'll let you know. It's like, is he in Eugene and East Lansing and in Norman all at the same time? This is crazy. No, I and I think the point that you were going to bring up as well, and, and it's true, not that you want Dalen Smothers to leave and go play at North Carolina State like the rumor. like you, you want him on the roster. But if someone was to up and leave after five practices, it, it being a freshman running back is not the end of the world. Because I go back to things that haven't necessarily been surprising thus far. They're just been confirmed things that we thought way back in March. They are – they look so far like they're going to be as good at running back as we think that they're going to be. With Barnes and Sawchuck and then what you're hearing about Caleb Hicks right now, what oh, you're Tommy hearing Walker, about Tawie Walker. Like, Marcus Majors having his fifth best camp in a row. What, what we thought what we thought back in the spring, what this running back core could be, and they haven't proved it in a game. I understand that, but it, the evidence that we have up to this point, the people have been at practice. Running back looks like looks like the real deal, and probably the second best position group they have right now outside of safety. Yeah, I mean, it's you're you're gonna have you know kind of that that cream rise to the top, Tyler, and 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 i just i don't know i i i don't feel like that that Dalen Smothers would have seen the field this year he probably would have redshirted i don't think he would have yeah and and i talked to you i mean we've talked on these airwaves about you know after after we started kind of trying to figure out who we would take in this year's class like we've got a real log jam at running back 
And with the way DeMarco's recruiting, he'll have his pick of the litter in 2025, too. Got a couple uh, really good, you know, uh, kind of local, regional guys that, that are definitely in the in their sights. And so who's it's to like, say someone's not going to be – like, the, the portal is always an option. I, I don't see them necessarily going to the portal and getting a big-time running back. That would surprise me, but we know the portal's an option, especially at that position. So. Right, and, and, and that's, my, that's my thing is, okay, let's walk this out, right? So it's got – you've got Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk that will absolutely be here next year, and with running backs they rarely leave early, right? So you expect them to, to be here for a while, right? So at minimum, let's say they're here through the 2025 season, right? Because you've got 2025, that would make Caleb Hicks – He'll be here in 2025. Taylor Tatum and Xavier Robinson, they'll be here in 2025. The 2025 class will be here in 2025, obviously. I mean, you're still like seven scholarship running backs deep if nobody transfers, if Dalen Smothers is not on the team. So, I mean, you're still super deep at the position. Yeah. Okay, so what's the one thing that could happen in training camp that somehow it's confirmed, okay? Like, it has happened. And it is going to happen once the season starts. What was the one thing that would make you feel best about this upcoming season? A true number one wide receiver emerging? Canick or McKenzie look like the real deal next to Danny Stutzman? I mean, those are just a couple of options that I'm throwing out for examples, but like, what's, what's the number one thing? Jackson Arnold take it over at starting quarterback? I kid about that one, but maybe you're serious about it. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think... And I think Jeff Levy was very quick, very early to say who four of the starters were on the offensive line. I think learning who that fifth starter, and it looks like Savion Bird's been getting a lot of reps with the ones lately, like finding out who that fifth starter is and being confident, like really confident immediately at following camp, I think that probably bodes best because the whole offense runs quite literally through the offensive line right so yeah your running backs your wide receivers your quarterbacks whatnot like wide receivers if they're given enough time they're going to get open right and guess what it doesn't matter who you know your wide receivers are or if they separate if dylan gabriel spends you know the entire game on his butt so i think figuring out that other left guard spot for me would give me the most confidence going into the season saying okay this is this is it, because that's really that's the only true question I have on the offense. Because I don't feel like the tight end position, like Cade McIntyre, may come out looking awesome. Like I, I still will will feel like we're in big trouble if Stogner what, gets hurt. What if you knew you're going to have a kicker that has a really good first six games, but also is going to have a really awesome second half of the season as well, huh? That would be nice. That would be nice. But do you think they can determine that in camp? No, like, I, you- I know, I know, I'm kidding about that. Mine would be a uh, legitimate like number one wide receiver emerging that. He's our number one wide receiver, and he's going to be a dude once the season begins. That's, I mean, it's my biggest question mark. So I just, I, I'm waiting on that to happen, and I hope it, that it happens. That they have a first, second team All Conference player at that position. I think it's very important this year. Yeah, yeah, I would, I, I would agree. I would agree. But you know, then, then the question is, Tyler, right? Like, man, this guy's a dude. Well, what defensive back was he going up against? Well, now does now does well, does that corner? Welcome stink? to life of, of evaluating a, a team throughout training camp. <laughs> yes, 
where we look at uh, 90 second videos released by the OU football Twitter account and make assumptions off that. Whoa, Andrew Lanthony told you guys he's going to be wide receiver one. Do you see that toe tap he had in the corner of the end zone with that catch? Yeah, it's a hell of a play. It's what, yep, that's life, that's man. It. That's that's what we're signed up for. That's what we signed up for. We're sickos. You know, covering an NFL team, you get to see every single snap of training camp. Us, not not so much. <laughs> not the case. Captain Willard on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Too much Kool-Aid, guys? I think if we can stay healthy, Team 129 is going to be dangerous and surprise some folks. I don't think that's too much Kool-Aid. What do you think? Um, Ten wins is the minimum. Uh, how many times have we said that? So, no, that is not too much Kool-Aid. I don't think it's enough Kool-Aid, to be honest. Yeah. More I mean, Kool-Aid, please. Be dangerous. Well, I, I feel like we've been waking up dangerous all, all offseason, Tyler. Chris in Choctaw, what about the transfer running back from Washington, Emeka Megwa? He's still banged up, correct? Yeah, you know, Washington, there was a reason he transferred out. I, I don't think they wanted him playing football again. It was a pretty nasty injury. So getting him, you know, back to where he's ready to compete and contribute at a Power 5 level in a running back room that looks like Oklahoma's might need to be a little more patient. By the way, you got a lot of people with that uh, DJ Hicks of the transfer portal. Oh, comments. yeah, sorry about that. I mean, like a, a, a lot of people with that one. Whoops. Uh, hey, I'm just trying to keep you all on your toes, man. Well, you, you did on that one. It was, it was definitely a, a check for sure. How about a punter who can pin the other team deep inside the 10-yard line? Hey. Uh, I would, if that is available, I would, I would take that as well, please. I'll even get greedy and say inside the five. How about that? Yeah. You know what? I'll just take inside the 10 because if you're constantly trying to get in the five, you're going to have a lot of touchbacks. That's one thing with Turk. He could boom it, but every once in a while you're like, man, can you just kick it through the corner or something? Like, can you just kick it out of bounds at the 10? Like, we don't need that many touchbacks. Yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of touchbacks, and uh, the defense <laughs> defense really needed uh, to for him. They to needed pin. those extra yards. <laughs> they really needed those extra yards last year. Yeah, man, they uh, they really did. Unfortunately, okay. Today's realignment buzz. Apparently, there's still some buzz on SMU, Cal, and Stanford going into the ACC, and Notre Dame. <laughs> I guess went to the ACC and said, "Hey." We really want Cal and Stanford in the conference that we're kind of in, but not really in. If you guys could do that, that would really be awesome. Right. So That's thank so you, weird. thank you, Notre Dame. They they do have a role in conference realignment after all, Travis. And it's suggesting that the conference that they're half in on, hey, go add some teams that are two thousand miles away or all the way across the country, please. Yeah, that's it. Seems it seems like a little bit of a tease. It almost feels like like. Stanford and Cal say, hey, hey, Notre Dame, hey, pst, hey, would you mind just putting in a word? Would you mind putting in a good word for us? Because, I mean, what's the long game, right? Like, why does this get released? Does Notre Dame – Notre Dame trying to drive up a little bit of a price? Uh, I, think, they... I think Notre Dame got paid off here. The, uh, right, the, exactly. The, the like, little TV like... money that, that Stanford and Cal still get, that, that was donated to Notre Dame to try to help them get in, in the ACC. Yeah, like I, if uh, I was an eight, like if I was a Florida State fan, thank God that I'm not. But if I was a Florida State fan or a Clemson fan, or I would say a Miami fan, but those don't really exist, judging by the crowd shots on Saturday, right, right. Uh, I would have zero interest in adding Cal or Stanford to the conference. Not a whole lot of excitement. Um, just it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense geographically. I, I'm 
I would guess the ACC fan is, yeah, no thanks on Stanford and Cal. We're, we're out on that one, please. Yeah, well, well, you tell me this. Five years from now, I know it's crazy because it seems like conferences change every hour, but five years from now, is Notre Dame A, independent, B, in the Big Ten, or C, in the ACC? I think they're still independent, man. Me too. I mean, so what there, are they doing? Do, there was zero interest. I mean, there there was zero interest, zero rumors or movement about Notre Dame joining the Big Ten or anyone. I I don't I don't know what Notre Dame has to gain from. Maybe they think Stanford and Cal stink, and since they play what six a- ACC games a year, maybe their ACC schedule will be a little bit more uh, a little a little bit easier. I I don't know. It make that makes sense to me. I don't get it. I don't know what Notre Dame's doing here. They they get they get all this uh, Under Armour money, and they just think that they can uh, you know rule everything with realignment. Like I, said, I guess. Like I said, maybe KREF should uh, start making recommendations and statements about conference realignment. Yeah, SMU to the Big Ten. We can say that we support that. We'd like to see an SEC Big Ten matchup in Norman in Week Two next year. So okay. make that happen, please. I forget who put it out there, but. At SMU to the ACC, you know, was was picking up some steam, and it was like all the Dallas, you know, SMU fans in Miami, and I think it was a uh, maybe a Narcos um, gif. I'm mm. like, yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, speaking of OU and SMU, I did see a list today of ranking the or college football's loudest stadiums, what they're going to be in 2023. So obviously, like the. The, the game matters quite a bit. Like Tennessee, Neyland Stadium is a loud stadium, but it's going to be very loud once Georgia comes to Knoxville this year, right? So that's kind of how they're grading it, the loudest stadiums of 2023. OU is not the top 25, okay? Apparently it's not going to be a great environment for very many home games this year. What What is going to be the best home game environment that OU has all season long? Best home game environment all season long. The 11 a.m. kickoff against Arkansas State when we see the intro video for the first time or it, the 11 a.m. T- game against TCU when we're all tired and hungover from Thanksgiving? I think it's got to be TCU because I really – I do feel like something will be on the line that game. It better be. Something better be on the line that like, day. I feel Like, I feel like a at minimum, you know, we've already made the Big 12 championship or we need to win that game to secure a spot in the Big 12 championship. Maybe some playoff rankings are involved. Maybe, you know, just anything. Like, you want to play games at the end of the year where there are stakes. So, I think there will be stakes this year. So, I'm thinking if I say stakes one more time, I'm going to get hungry. But, TCU. There better be uh, something on the line. I won't, I won't say stakes for you. I won't repeat it. So, you don't have that in your mind. There better be something on the line that day because the day after Thanksgiving for an 11 a.m. kick, if OU's not in contention for a Big 12 title berth and TCU's not very good, I'm not saying that there would only be 35,000 fans there, but it would be uh, it would be a reason for fans not to go to that early kick the day after Thanksgiving, now wouldn't it? So I, I sure hope that there's something on the line that day in Norman. Uh, okay, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more OU football coming up next right here on The Ref. Sooner football talk lives here. This is The Ref.
Is your insurance premium rate rising? You need to make the call to your local neighbors at Rightway Insurance. Rightway's number one goal for all their insurance clients is to get the best insurance rates and have an overall positive experience. Rightway Insurance is an independent insurance agency representing many different companies for your insurance needs. Give us a call 405-607-6014 or complete a quote form at rightwayinsuranceok.com and we'll be happy to answer any of your insurance questions. That's Rightway Insurance, 405-607-6014. Entrepreneurs and more Norman in South Oklahoma City have an experienced business partner in their neighborhood. More Norman Technology Center's workforce and economic development team understands the challenges entrepreneurs and small businesses face every day. From building an effective business model to hiring the right employees and managing cash flow, more Norman's business development experts can help you move forward confidently and thrive knowing that you have a skilled partner at your side. Learn more about more Norman's Technology Center by calling 405-801-5000 or visit us online at mntc.edu. Attention all Sooner fans. Don't miss your chance to secure your seats for the 2023 Oklahoma football season today. Season tickets start at $400, and being a season ticket holder is the only way to guarantee the best seats for all six home games. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit Soonersports.com slash commit23. That's Soonersports.com slash commit23. Or contact the OU Athletic Ticket Office by phone at 405-325-2424. Boomer Sooner! Riverwind is the Metro's best casino experience. With almost 3,000 of your favorite games. Come enjoy our 17th birthday with our $100,000 New Scene 17 celebration. Play with your wild card all month for a chance to win every Saturday in August. You won't find better than number one. I'm Gina Mitchell of Mitchell's Jewelry. As Oklahoma's largest diamond importer, it's our goal to choose the best and the biggest diamond for your budget. That's why we hand select our diamonds in the diamond rooms of Antwerp. If you are getting engaged, we can create the ring of her dreams. Celebrating an anniversary or birthday, we have diamonds in all shapes and sizes for rings or necklaces, plus perfectly matched pairs for earrings. Come see us today and let us create something special. Mitchell's Jewelry, 2201 West Main in Norman. Oklahoma football is the best, and Balfour of Norman on Historic Campus Corner has been Sooner fans' favorite OU shop for more than 45 years. Locally owned, Jerry and Libby invite you to stop by and see what is new. Choose from great polos from Jordan, Nike, Columbia, Antigua, and women's tees and fashion tops that'll get you game ready. You will also find something for the younger Sooner fans with sizes from newborn through youth. There's a large collection of OU hats, including the new Hui hats. With their selection of socks, Balfour literally has you covered from head to toe. But they are more than just a t-shirt shop with everything you need for tailgating or watch parties, serving pieces, barware, and even framed art of Sooner greats and other decorative pieces. If it says OU, Balfour has got it. You can count on Balfour of Norman for the best selection, quality, and service. Or shop online at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything Sooner. Get geared up at Balfour of Norman, 792 Asp Avenue on Historic Campus Corner. This message is for Karina, our mom who finished her high school diploma at age 28. Hi, Mom. It's Emmedith and Nicholas. Congratulations on getting your diploma. You worked so hard and have taught us so much. We love you. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. 
Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Don't forget to download our free app in the App Store. Just search KREF. You can listen to the ref wherever you're at on the go worldwide. Yeah, I uh, did the I did locked in with Parker earlier today, and the vibe surrounding Williams Winery was not great yesterday. I would say, but the vibe was, and and the text line, if, if if they felt something different or heard something different, they can correct me. I felt the vibe surrounding Williams Winery was a lot more positive today for the five star number one overall player, according to On Three, who's going to announce in five days. There seems to be some movement here that if you didn't think OU was already the leader, that maybe the past 24 hours have been very kind to them on this recruiting front. Yeah, I mean, I, my my pick has never wavered. I've assumed that williams Winery has been a Sooner this entire time, um, but because I do believe the grounding, because yes, believe that actually did happen it, it can be reasoned with why it happened a lot of people are saying well Missouri's spending all this NIL money NIL money NIL money like I get it oh you spending NIL money too it's fine um you know people people keep on wanting to throw numbers around oh I heard it was this I heard it was this I heard it was this nobody knows they're speculating so like there's I feel like no news right now during the dead period and as we kind of ramp up to decision time here I think people are just wanting to know yes or no but the but the fact of the matter is tyler right now there can only be confidence from one side or the other they can't be just and that's what i mean i i I put it on my instagram story last night i got three dms yesterday saying hey one was hey blink twice if williams venary signing with the sooners hey tell me if william like nobody i'm there did you blink once or twice by the way i'm just just curious i've i've closed my eyes ever since actually so um, so it, it, it is what it is. And I know people want to just say, Hey, tell me if he's coming or not. And that's saying, yep, he's coming. You got to just get ready to celebrate on Monday or no, he's not like, just get ready for the flip. But that's simply just, just not going to happen. Like I said, I'm, I'm confident that OU has, you know, been able to continue to work through, you know, the, the Missouri advantages. Missouri did offer first by, I think like six months or something like that. I mean, it is closer to home. You know, the, their their NIL has some unique capabilities because they can pay him earlier. Now, of course, they can pay him, but it's non-binding, so he it, can. Is that take the funniest mis- potential outcome of this whole thing? Yes. Oh, is absolutely. He commits to Missouri on Monday, gets a payday starting in September, but commits to OU or excuse me, signs with OU in December. Oh my god! You want to get you want to get real crackpot on it real quick, please. So. There have been, we'll call them, we'll call it scuttlebutt. There's been scuttlebutt that the Winery family has tightened their circle, we'll call it. And now even Jamar Mosey isn't, uh, you know, privy to a lot of the conversations that are going on. Now, here's where it gets a little crackpotty. If Williams Winery was to screw over Missouri, who would that negatively affect most? Probably Jamar Mosey, right? Well, if 
Jamar Mosey can say, hey, man, they, it was widely reported that they cut me out of the process. I don't know what he did. You can't hold it against Lee Summit North kids because Williams Winery signed with your NIL collective for a few months, cashed some checks, and then flipped to OU. That had nothing to do with me because he cut me out of the recruitment. Like, it almost seems like I'm more confident that uh, of a situation like that now that the optics have been taken care of. Yeah, by the way, if you don't know, Jamar Mosey, he was on the 2000 OU championship team, and he is Williams Winery's high school coach at Lee Summit North up there. So, um, OU has already done quite well at Lee Summit North, and it could look even better in five days if the number one overall player, according to On3, Williams Winery, picks OU. And it's indeed like I, Georgia, what, Georgia, Tennessee, and Oregon are in the top five. I would say don't pay attention to that. It's it's truly OU and Missouri here. That's 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 what we're talking about. Right. And 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 with that, it, it still could be the case, Tyler, where it's like if he picks OU on Monday, I know a lot of the Missouri people, I've had Missouri people tell me specifically in text messages, man, a lot of people think that Jamar's just pushing him to OU and Winery really wants to go to Missouri. That's it's simply not the case. I mean, Jamar has a lot of relationships to keep up. Not all his kids are gonna be takes at OU. I mean, simple as that. Not all of his kids are going to want to go to OU. He's got to maintain those relationships throughout the region, especially with the closest Power 5 school to his school. Like, he's not going to damage those relationships. So the idea that, you know, Williams is just chomping at the bit to go to Missouri, and Missouri has been his dream school this entire time, and Jamar is trying to push him to OU against his wishes is pure cockamamie. Yeah. Because that's just not what's happening. I think this is true for Georgia as well as OU. But if Williams Winery picks Missouri on Monday, um, I wouldn't give up on this recruitment. I don't think OU is going to give up on this recruitment. I think that they would push all the way to signing day to get Williams Winery to flip for Missouri. And I think that there is absolutely a chance that could happen. Why? Well, it's Missouri, man. I mean, they have a coaching staff that's on the hot seat going into the year. And their win total is probably five and a half going into the season. Like, a good year for them would just you know get to bowl eligibility. There's absolutely a world where OU and Georgia, OU or Georgia, could flip uh, one area away from a zoo. However, if he picks OU on Monday, I don't see a scenario where Missouri could change his mind and flip him before signing day because of the reasons that I just mentioned there. In fact, I, I said this to Parker earlier, Travis. I wouldn't be worried about anyone flipping Williams Winery if he picks OU on Monday, but if I had to pick a team I would be most worried about, I think I would pick Georgia before I would pick Missouri. Well, correct. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of, you know, not to bring up, you know, a sore spot, but it's kind of like Peyton Pierce. Like we we can talk all we want about Peyton Pierce's family ties and, you know, it's way closer and all this that and the other, but what it would be it would be way easier if you were having to flip Peyton Pierce from somewhere that wasn't going to win 11 games this year. Like I think uh, I, Ohio State probably will. Like that's the thing is it, it's, it's much harder to flip kids from teams that are successful because winning fixes everything. And, and you, I've even brought it up with Missouri fans because that's the main argument, right? You've even got Missouri trolls probably listening on these airwaves right now. Sweet. Welcome to the but, show, guys. I'm sure they love you. Um, <laughs> but I know they're on the message boards. And they've been screenshotting and replying to things on the message boards. And 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 the main argument is, look, Missouri's not going to win a lot of games this year. And their replies are, oh, they're scared of us. They don't know about us, blah, blah, blah. blah Who's blah. scared? Like, and then 
And then I shoot him a text. Missouri like, State? I don't even know One of my Missouri scared. friends. I texted her and said, how many games will you be favored in this year? And she was like, well, you know, they call it an upset every year whenever we beat Arkansas. I said, no, 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 like Vegas favorite. Like how many games will you be a favorite in? And she said, probably four. Mm. I'm like, well, then don't don't act crazy towards OU fans when we say, yeah, your coach is probably going to be fired because he's probably going to win four or five games this year. And you're admitting to – one of two things that, you know, a no, a, no, he's not, or B, yeah, he will and he won't get fired because our standards are just that low. Like, if you're willing to keep a coach on after another season at 500 or below, then you're just telling recruits, you're telling the other players on the team that that's the standard at Missouri. So which would you rather do? Would you rather fire him or would you rather tell everybody in the future to say, Hey, if you win, if you go 500 at Missouri, we'll keep paying. Feels like Mizzou's strategy in this recruitment is uh, rather simple. Um, if nothing else, we are not going to get beat by the bag here. Uh, we are going to have the strongest offer on the table. And you mentioned earlier this year, OU has a strong, a very strong offer that's on the table. Missouri's offer is rumored, emphasis on rumored, to be seven hundred, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, like a, a lot of money. But it does sound like Missouri's got the most aggressive offer that's out on the table. That's that's like ninety percent or ninety five percent of their recruiting pitch right now. Yeah, I, and that's the thing, Tyler. It's there's a lot of people that just misunderstand things about NIL as well. So let's just take that seven fifty number for example. And again, that's that's one hundred percent speculation. But is it seven hundred fifty annually? Well, no, because it's not cash up front. They're not dropping off $750,000 in cash on his front doorstep when he signs or early. Yeah, that's, that's, early that's Texas A&M, not Missouri. Well, Correct. And it's incentivized. It's you can earn up to $750,000 through all these other opportunities. Did you see Luther Burden's chips? Did I see his chips? Yes, Luther Burden is on a chip brand. That chip brand has a deal with the collective they put luther burden on a bag of chips he gets a percentage of sales not unlike Bijan uh, or mustardson. Dijon mustardson. mustardson so like that kind of stuff like they're presenting him with those opportunities like there are food products that are sold in grocery stores across the state of missouri that have mis- groupings of missouri players on them and you get a cut of those sales so it's far far more speculation that the number can even get to 750 let alone the speculation of the number actually being $750,000. So that's something to consider. It's not just, hey, this guy's going to have a duffel bag full of cash waiting for him in his brand-new downtown Columbia condo if they make those, um, kind of like Lendell uh, did uh, when he went to USC, right? So so that's the thing. It's But to your point, you're right, Tyler. They're not going to get outbagged. When the number one player in the country is in your state at a position of need, you basically have to tell your boosters, hey, look, if, if there's ever one to swing on. It's kind of like, I don't know if you watched the movie Air um, about about the original Jordan, about how, how Nike courted Jordan. And it was like Matt Damon's character basically said, hey, look, Sonny Vicar said, hey, look, if there was ever a guy to go all in on, this is him, and if we're not willing to go all in on this guy, then 
I don't even know what we're doing here. That's, that's, what, that's the conversation. That's the conversation. And Ryan Wingo, had. the five-star wide receiver, not getting beat by the bag. Um, which, hey, Johnny Menzel signing autographs for $30,000 doesn't seem that bad anymore, does it? Ten cool. years ago, it seemed like the worst thing ever. He was what? Seriously? And come to find out this new documentary um, to kind of hide how much money they were making, they made up a rumor that the family had oil money. That's, that's why they were so wealthy and he could sit courtside and have all the nice things that he had. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the family, the, the Menzel family, they, 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 they come from oil money. That was made up, that was revealed in the documentary to hide how much he was making signing autographs. Brilliant. Yep. I mean, well, that's the thing, right? If you, if you ball out, you know, money-wise, right, at, at A&M or at Texas, what, what's everybody going to assume, right? Oh, oil money. Oil money. Nothing to see here. I mean, it's just crazy. They, they made that whole thing up to disguise. He's sitting courtside. Those are $13,000 seats. How's he affording that? Oh, his family's got oil money. Okay. And it was common knowledge, Tyler. Yeah. Like that was, Everyone that was, was repeating it. That was, like, that was as widely held as Manti Teo having a sick girlfriend. Well, they, <laughs> like, they that was as widely held. Those they, two they showed things national, like the they same showed national time. TV shows of uh, hosts talking about it all the time. How his fa- parents uh, came from oil money and all that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I just cannot believe. Documentary sometimes can make you feel sorry for someone that you didn't uh, think highly of before. They they have that power sometimes. Didn't feel bad for Johnny. A lot of self sabotage for Johnny Menzel in that uh, documentary. I don't come out of that feeling bad for him whatsoever. Uh, 405-651-3439, or, or, uh, excuse me, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More college football next right here on The Ref. Sooner football talk lives here. This is The Ref. A little bit of sweet and a whole lot of heat. Brahm's new sweet and spicy Gouda Burger is packed with mouth-watering flavor. We start with a fresh-baked artisan multigrain bun. Top it with a sizzling burger patty and bacon. Add a little mayo and then throw on the heat with apple habanero barbecue sauce and jalapenos. Oh, and we can't forget the smoked Gouda cheese melted to perfection. Brahm's sweet and spicy Gouda Burger. Available for a limited time at Brahm's. You've joined the ref for years with our 68-team giveaway in March. Now, we're giving you a shot at college football glory in our first annual Gridiron Giveaway. Join us Monday, August 21st from noon to 7 p.m. at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond, 909 West I-35 Frontage Road, as we give away 70 teams from all the Power 5 conferences. If you get one of the four teams that make it to the playoffs, you will win one of four major grand prizes. There will also be hourly instant giveaways throughout the day. Oh, there it is. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's the Refs Gridiron Giveaway, Monday, August 21st from noon to 7 at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond. Come early and stay all day for the fun and for your shot at college football glory. The trade is right on time. Grand Funk Railroad, the American Band Tour. August 10th, the Apache Casino Hotel, Lawton, Oklahoma. Featuring Don Brewer, Mel Shocker, Bruce Kulick, Max Carl, and Tim Cashin. 
Reserve seats are on sale now at the Casino Cage or online at ApacheCasinoHotel.com. Grand Funk Railroad, the American Band Tour. Hi, I'm Tim Lasher for my company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We install quality York products. The award-winning York Affinity Series is Energy Star rated and features a money-saving two-stage compressor design. Plus, every Affinity system comes with a 10-year parts and labor warranty and a lifetime warranty on the compressor. Now, you don't need to tell us anybody sent you. Just call the office and ask for me. I own the company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 579-3113. Get up to $550 in rebates now on qualified York components at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for youth. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals into your body. And nicotine, which can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I joined the Navy to serve my country while parachuting with my platoon. My parachute didn't open, and I broke my neck. Thanks to PVA, Paralyzed Veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Learn more at pva.org. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. It is the rush on the ref taking you home on a Wednesday. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Sooner Soldier says, if Williams Winery goes to Missouri, isn't that a waste of talent because his efforts won't be rewarded with a successful year? Successful well, years. In terms of wins and losses, yeah. Yeah, it's a really slippery slope, though. Because, again, you've got to... I, I nearly treat everything like a Twitter debate, right? Because if you say the wrong thing, you know exactly what they're going to do in reply. If you say, oh, well, he's going to go waste his talents there. I mean, Missouri never produces NFL players or this, that, or the other. Then wh what's the rebuttal to that? The rebuttal is, oh, so you don't think he's good enough to make it to the NFL without you? You, you don't think he's a good enough player? Well, I mean, if he's the number one player in the entire country – then he's probably good enough to make the NFL no matter where he goes. So, like, when, when you say, yes, to your point, not any team success, but it's a slippery slope to say that he won't have any personal success. He just won't be – I don't think he'll be set up individually, like, for – Oh, he'll be double teamed. Yeah, he'll exactly. be focused Correct, on. Yes. He'll be that. For sure. For sure. But when it – yeah, present it like that always. Like, hey – if you're if 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 you can have 
you know, offensive lines double-teaming you and a tight end helping on you and a running back coming after you, you can be double-triple teamed because you're the only one that poses a threat on that defense. You know, might not be as fun when uh, when you're looking somewhere else that's got P.J. Adebare and David Stone and guys like this all over the defensive line, Jaden Jackson and Nigel Smith, and I could go on and on. Uh, 23 storylines for the 23 season. I don't know if anyone heard, but we're 24 days away from kickoff in college football. CBS says the number one storyline is Georgia's potential three-peat. I mean, we haven't seen it since Minnesota back in the 30s. So, And, and especially now with everything that's gone on in, in Athens and around Athens this offseason, I think Georgia's pursuit of a three-peat was always going to be interesting, but probably even more so now with all the arrest and unfortunate situations that have happened around their team this you know this these past six months you know what as much as I don't want it to be Tyler you know you know what I think what would you what would you guess I would think the biggest storyline of the season is um biggest storyline of the season at, at what point do Jimbo Fisher and his new offensive coordinator fight it out on the sidelines during the game <laughs> It's at least top ten, if not number one. That's a dream one. That's a dream one for sure. No, mine is, has Deion Sanders changed the timeline we give coaches? Because if – and I think that team's going to be terrible. D- I think depends defense, on if you matter uh, as much to the bottom line for the university as Dion does. Right, which you're not going to find many people that do, right? Because uh, Dion has spent his whole life telling us that there's only one Dion, and he's probably right. So, you know, that's why I don't think anybody can just walk into HBCU and and mimic his success or repeat his success, replicate his success. So, but the key, the thing is, administrators won't look at it like that. They'll think if Dion somehow turns this thing around and they're bowl eligible, then you won't get multiple years for coaches or, or, oh, you got to give them three years, got to give them four years, blah, blah, blah. No, if you take a one-win team to that, no. Well, Dion did it. Why don't you just hit the transfer portal like Dion did? Didn't you – can't you go get some Louis? Well, why don't you do what Dion did? And that's what's – I think that's why a lot of coaches specifically kind of root against him quietly, some, I guess, loudly. But it's it's bad news. They get a lot less grace. If Dion succeeds right out of the gate, now if Dion falls flat on his face and they win two games this year yeah, and they look bad during it, then all coaches are like, "Huh, see, not that easy." That's why I took three or four years. That's why I took five years. That's why Eli Drinkwitz takes a hundred years to get to nine wins. Like, like that. Like it, it, it ratches up the pressure on other head coaches to try and replicate what Dion did. So uh, that's what I'm most looking forward game to. Game of the year, they say it's Texas at Alabama. Couldn't disagree. I think Ohio State yeah. and Michigan with the storyline that's there and how exactly. much will be yeah. on the line. Ohio State and Michigan is the game of the year right now in college football. Not Couldn't Texas and Bama. Not Texas and Bama. Team no one is talking about. They say last year it was TCU and Tulane. This year, check out Texas Tech. Coach Joey McGuire won eight games in his first season. Tyler Shuck is 8-1 and one as a starter at Tech. Oregon, Houston, Kansas State all come to Lubbock. OU isn't on the schedule. And watch Syracuse transfer Steve Linton coming off the edge. TCU and Tulane, one won a New Year's Six Bowl game last year. The other one won a college football playoff game last year. They say Tech is the team no one is talking about. I'm sorry, I just I, I have a I have a very hard time 
trusting Texas Tech with expectations. I have a tough time as well, but I mean, I, I won't lie. I was I was kind of happy not to see him on the schedule. Oh, for sure. If they beat Oregon, then okay, it's like all right, yeah, I, I got you, Tech. I see you. I, I mean, I don't think Oregon's going to win the national championship or anything, but they're they're a good program. I think they're going to be a good team in year two with Dan Lanning. Tech wins that Oregon game. I'll be okay. Now I'm a little bit interested, but they they got to show me. I think that game's in week two. I want to say week two or week three. They, they got to show me in that game that they're ready to be something more than just a seven or eight win team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I haven't looked that much at Tech's schedule. Uh, maybe I need to sometime, and we don't have only you know nine minutes left on a Wednesday. But um, but yeah, I mean. Who do you think finishes the highest out of the teams we don't play? Is it Kansas State? Do you think? Um, just just in the the final set of rankings at the end of the year? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, uh huh. Okay, okay. Because I think it, even if they can't replace Deuce Vaughn, even if they can't replace Felix and Duque Uzoma, it, it, and those two things could absolutely happen. What I do feel really good about Kansas with Kansas State is they're probably going to have the best offensive line in the conference next year. And if it's not the best offensive line in the conference, it's probably going to be number two. With the amount of returners that they have, the overall number of starts, they may have a first-rounder on that offensive line. I feel really good about Kansas State's offensive line. It's one of the better position groups in the entire league. So, yeah, I, I would say they're probably going to be ranked the highest. Yeah, yeah, I, I could agree with that. But and, it's... and, too, like, um, out of the, you said out of the teams that OU doesn't play right. Well, but, but Baylor could wreak havoc on the playoff. Haven't you heard, Tyler? Yeah, I, I did read that earlier today. Like, uh, Kansas State's toughest non-con game is Missouri. We just talked about Missouri. Uh, for Baylor, it's Utah. A little bit tougher of a game, right? And for Can- or, uh, for Texas Tech, it's Oregon at home. I just I guess I like Kansas State's overall schedule than I do the uh, other two teams as well. Uh, all right, final segment coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering.